0: The following is a continuation of the previous episode. Welcome to the Yellow Balloons podcast, a collection of teachings to help you navigate the transformational possibilities of a God-centered perspective. We pray these insights from scripture will inspire and encourage you. In this final episode, we revisit the most famous of the Hebrews passages, the hull of faith. There is a great cloud of witnesses, along with Jesus, watching us, cheering us on, hoping for our wise choices to add value to the kingdom of God. We can achieve this by allowing brotherly love to continue. We are also called to get our team together and go outside the gate, extending brotherly love to the very ends of the earth. Although we live in this city, there is a better one and we get the opportunity to join the cloud of witnesses proclaiming the truth of a better way to the world around us.
1: If if you came and said, said, "We're David and I are gonna run a race, that actually would draw a crowd probably. (laughs) And uh, we're gonna run a race and everybody came and uh, let's say uh, Robert over here says, go! And, and David and I start going, I'm running, I'm running, I'm going, I'm going, I'm faster than you are. I'm really going. Me, I'm, I'm ahead, I'm ahead, I'm finished. What would everybody think? You talked a good race, right? What do you do when you run a race? you got to put your body into it, right? It's something you actually do, not just something you talk about. So what we're talking here is living life. You, you get the point? We're living here. We're not just talking, we're living. Abel... Did something and because of what he did, we're reading about it. We're sp- it's still speaking. Jesus did something he came he actually you know he could have just told us in the Bible, I'd be willing to come and, and do this for you if I thought it'd do any good. you know he, he could have just told us, but he actually came, got in a human body, lived a life and died. He did it. He actually he actually did it with his own flesh and blood. So verse 10, we have an altar from which those who serve the tabernacle have no right to eat for the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest are burned outside the camp. So you got the camp of the Israelites and they're actually going outside the camp to do this burning, to do this sacrifice. We've talked about all these sacrifices and all these sacrifices are examples to us to learn from. And here's another one we haven't talked about, the red heifer sacrifice. It's like he wants to make sure he's taken the Abel's sacrifice, all the Levitical sacrifices. He doesn't want to miss one. And this sacrifice is outside the camp. Therefore, Jesus also, that he may sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered outside the camp. Where did Jesus die? Outside of Jerusalem. Golgotha was a stone quarry. It was just outside the gate of the city. He suffered outside the gate. So, what Paul is doing here is telling us Jesus is the red heifer sacrifice is a picture of Jesus. And the reason you go outside the camp is because you're considered defiled. So, verse 13. So, what, what's the point? Therefore, let us go forth to him outside the camp, bearing his reproach. Bearing his reproach. Let's go back to uh, 12.2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame. I did a whole podcast on this you could go listen to, but the despising the shame is about paying attention to what men think as opposed to paying attention to what god thinks and men will use rejection and criticism and abuse to get you to do what they want you to do and they did that to jesus they threatened him they ridiculed him they mocked him and it hurt he he cried yeah he, he asked for he asked for another way out But compared to the joy set before him, he said, what I'm going to do is going to be based on the greater thing, not this immediate pain I'm feeling from people. I'm not going to give that much weight compared to doing what my father asked me to do. That's the example. And because of that, he sat down at the right hand of the father. So 13, verse 13. 13.13 Therefore, let us go forth to him outside the camp, bearing his reproach. See, we've got this hall of faith, these witnesses, culminating with Jesus. And what Paul is telling us to do, let's do what Jesus did, not only with our own team. Let brotherly love continue. Entertain strangers. They might be angels. Remember those on your team who are suffering and, and like you were chained with them. Have a great marriage. Have this inner heart of contentment and thankfulness. Remember those who who rule over you. Don't listen to lies. Follow people who teach the truth. Well, that's our own team. But there's something else we need to do too. We need to be out there in the world. Outside the camp. And when we go outside the camp, what should we expect? Shame. Reproach. The world doesn't like Jesus. The world doesn't like what Jesus has to say. The world doesn't like the way Jesus wants us to live. So it's step one is, let's get our team together. And step two is, let's go outside the gate. What do we do outside the gate? Sacrifice. He wants us to live a sacrifice just like Abel did. He wants us to be a witness, not just by what we talk, what we do. So why? Why do we go outside the camp? Because this is not really our city. We're not clinging to this city. We live in this city, but we're looking for a better one. We've got a better king, the son, with a better administration and a better world. He's inviting us to be part of this administration. And this is the first step in doing so. Since we're receiving a kingdom, let's serve God with reverence and godly fear. So the first step is, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. This is similar to be thankful with what you have, isn't it? Back on uh, uh, 13.5, let your conduct be without covetousness, be content with what you have. The Lord's my helper, I won't fear what man what can man do to me? So if we're out in the world and we're bearing reproach, what are we supposed to say about that reproach? Thank you. Thank you for that reproach. I appreciate that reproach. This is something that God's given to me. Why? Why are we supposed to be thankful for this reproach? We get to be a witness. This is our chance. This is our opportunity. This is our road to greatness. This is how we receive the kingdom. This is how we participate in Jesus' life. We get to be a witness. We get to be a martyr. And this, this we get to please God. A sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. But do not forget to do good and share. So, one thing is when we bear his reproach, we're thankful for it. That is in and of itself a fantastic witness. The other thing is do good and share. Does the world like it when you do good? A lot of Christianity grew about because of hospitals, schools, all the good things that were done. And uh, uh, a lot of that, though, got attacked. That, that's a threat to the powers that be. So, yeah, people look at it and they say, hey, that's awesome, but the world system's always going to oppose it. Do not forget to do good and to share. For which such sacrifices, God is well pleased. So here we are. We're able. And what does God want from us? Does He want an animal sacrifice? We're in a different era, right? What does He want from us? What's He want? He wants three sacrifices outside the gate. When we walk outside this church door, what's He want? Actions. What actions? Do good. do good. Right? He wants us to do good. That's verse 16. 16. And to share. Do good. Number two, He wants us to share. Now, what, what could you share? What are some things you could share? Is that a, that's a pretty broad thing. What, what all things can you share outside the gate?
0: The good
1: news. You can share the good news. Your possessions. Your possessions. You can, you can give uh, your possessions. What else? Your time. your time. You can share your time. What else? Your gifts? gifts? Okay, how would you share your gifts outside the gate? How, how would you help other people? How do you help other people? You're all doing it right now. We never think about this in Christianity for some reason. Some twisted reason. Working. Yeah, most of you guys spend most of your time working, don't you? When you work, are you helping anybody? Yeah, you spend all your time working helping somebody, right? You can't make a profit if you're not helping somebody, unless some of you are in a, like armed robbery gang or something. I don't know about it. Hopefully not. So, yeah, well, you 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 are help. You're helping, and when you do that constructively, you're being a witness. This Christianity thing starts at the gate of the church. It doesn't stop there. It starts there. Uh, the whole point is to be a witness outside the gate. Do good. Share. Have a sacrifice of praise. You know, having, having an employee that has a, a chipper attitude is a wonderful thing. And uh, not all that common out in the world. And it's, it's an amazing testimony when you work hard and have a positive attitude and are willing to share and help and don't care who gets credit and will help other people that aren't going to show up on your bonus report. Uh, I just got a call from my son this week. And his drummer is, uh, is a uh, guy who works in IT in some school district. And he said that working in a school district, he doesn't get a whole lot of uh, uh, mentoring about like, hard work. And he said that this guy like works 10 hours a day and does a lot of other people's jobs. And my son is not, doesn't have a giving bent, let's just say it that way. And he asked this guy, why in the world are you putting up with that? And he said, the young man said, uh, all these people in the school district need help and nobody will help them but me. And I, w- I want to see them have a functional computer system. Now, so he called me to tell me about the witness of this guy. My son did. Called me and said, you won't believe this. You see? Because of the way he did his job. And that's what we're being asked to do here. This is Greatness. This is the culmination of Hebrews. You see you got Sinai there, it's scary. You've got Mount Zion, it's scary. So be heavenly focused and be focused on hearing well done, good and faithful servant. And the way you do that is start with a heart of thanks and of being content with what you have and take that heart into your team and have brotherly love and care about the ones who are Out of sync and out of sorts and share your space and share your things. And uh, don't be a problem to the ones that are trying to shepherd your souls and care for them and focus on the truth. Don't listen to things that aren't true. Sort that out. And then take that base, take that strength that you gain from one another and walk outside the gate and live a life that is thankful, and that's helpful and that is generous live that life in your work in your neighborhood in your ladies group in your, in your at, at the park in your job in your business in your boy scout troop or whatever, whatever it is you do this is what God wants now if you go on a mission trip, I'm sure that's great. I like mission trips. If you uh, go out witnessing, I'm sure that's great. But that is not highlighted here as extra special and extra good. If we're going to bear the reproach of Christ, and we're going to do what Christ did, and what did Christ do? He spoke the truth. And the truth got him in trouble. Yeah. That, that however, can be done in many ways. Um, I remember a guy that attended our church that was in a company and the company was doing some unethical things and he said, this is wrong. Okay, well that got him a lot of trouble. Uh, it eventually, I think, got him promoted. But in the, in the immediate sense, it got him in a lot of trouble. And that's a good example of speaking the truth. Uh, but to, to, the, the emphasis in this particular chapter is the way we speak the truth, which is thankful. to have this thanksgiving. And you know, I don't know about you, but my first, in, my first inclination when I get reproached is not thankfulness. That's not my first impulse. My, my, when I get rejected, my first impulse isn't thankfulness. My first impulse has more to do with closing my fist, clenching my teeth giving them some reproach back again. That's, that's my first impulse. And, and that's, that's not what we're invited to do here. Just to close here, let me go back to chapter 11. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. By it, faith, the elders, obtained a good martyr, a witness. This is, this is our calling. This is what God wants us to do here. You take this message of Hebrews, which is really amazing stuff. It has all kinds of historical relevance and it has all sorts of theological relevance. It is in and of itself a stimulating and amazing book. But what it's geared toward is equipping us to have a good testimony. And the way we have that good testimony is to take what we've heard and mix it with faith. And when we take what we hear and we mix it with faith, we do things. We live things. That's the point. The way we we walk, the way we speak, the way we interact, it's all included. Verse 5. By faith Enoch was taken away so he did not see death. So here's a martyreo that did not see death and was not found because God had taken him for before he was taken he had this martyreo. He pleased God. So it's not so much whether we live or die at the end of this witness. It is, what does God think? Who do we want to please? What can man do to me? Do we want to please man? Do we want to please God? That's where the rubber meets the road. Let me uh, close this in prayer. God, thanks for this challenging and stimulating word, that you want us to be your face to the world, your witnesses. This able uh, example that he's still speaking, um, help us be that kind of person too, Lord, that we do something that lays down a track that continues to speak. And I pray that we will follow you outside the gate, not only to be a good teammate, have a great marriage, but to also go outside the gate and live a life in our daily life where we're a witness, a testimony, whether we live or die. Where people are not only equipped, but they also walk outside and live a life that causes people to see you and speaks on a continual basis. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thanks for listening to our series on the book of Hebrews. As heirs of the kingdom of God, we are called to live a life of faith, following the ultimate example of Jesus, the high priest. Like so many disciples before us, we are given the opportunity to steward our participation in this kingdom. Join us as we continue to pursue the truth of God's word in our next series on the book of Ecclesiastes. For more information on adopting a God-centered perspective, please visit our website at yellowballoons.net. And if you have any questions we would love to hear from you, please email us at contact at yellowballoons.net.